0: Take a walk with us down memory lane, or maybe help spark a conversation with a loved one about the way farms used to sound. With your Amazon device or Alexa app, say, Alexa, play country farm sounds and escape to a mid 1900s farm where they will take a walk during morning chores.
1: Welcome into the Friday, November 24, 2023 installment of Market Plus. Joining us now again as we continue our discussion, Chris Robinson. And Ernie Goss, gentlemen, good to see you both. Good to be here. We've, we've turned this into like a Thanksgiving tradition with the two of <laughs> you. I appreciate you making time for us.
2: Yeah. We're about proud to be your turkeys this you, Well, <laughs> gobble,
1: gobble. Uh, you, Mr. Goss, Dr. Goss, told me a number of years ago something that has stuck with me about the dollar. Uh-huh. And it's going to be our first question. Tony in Nevada is going to get us started. He asks, will the weaker dollar make U.S. grain markets more attractive to foreign buyers? I seem to remember someone at this table saying a lower U.S. dollar is good for commodities. Do you still stand by that statement?
2: Absolutely. Other things equal, as we, all, we economists always say. I thought it was on the other hand and you ran yeah, out that's of That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's, that was uh, President Truman said that. <clears throat> Give me a one-armed economist. Or one-handed economists. One-handed. So he's tired of all the other hands. So yeah, but, will
1: this weaker dollar, I mean, we're still though yeah. at high levels.
2: Yeah, we are. And and yeah, so weaker dollar is very uh, positive for agriculture and commodities and, and agricultural commodity prices. So it's going to be good, but again, there are other issues. You know, As long as our interest rates, the gap between our interest rates and other interest rates, that supports the dollar, and that's what we're seeing. Now, as we talked about in the last session, we're going to see probably some downward pressure on U.S. interest rates, so that will tend to weaken the dollar a bit, but relative to other currencies, we're still going to be fairly strong. Well, there's a country that wants to go to the U.S. dollar after an election last weekend, oh, Chris, God. in
1: Argentina. Uh, the new president has said he wants to flip to the dollar. What does that mean?
0: Well, we'll see. Uh, that, to say that and to actually get it done, there's a long hmm. road to go. Uh, first of all, it's very expensive. They'd have to come up with $50 billion because they're already $10 billion in the hole and they owe the IMF $44 billion. So what they're trying to do is rein in inflation because he doesn't have any faith or over you know, the election there. They don't have faith that their, their government can stop spending. That's really what it comes down to. Their inflation rate I think is 110%, 128%, something like that. And other countries down there have done it. I think three or four of them have done it where they've gone to the dollar. Basically what they do is they turn over their monetary policy to the US mm-hmm. because that, then they can't print their money anymore. So we'll, we'll see if they do that. I think when, when there's uncertainty like that, probably what will happen is the farmers that own grain that they haven't sold yet are going to hang on to it. Because if you don't know how it's going to turn out, the last thing you want to do is take a, get rid of a physical asset too soon. So
1: I think you'll probably see them hang on to it as, as long as they can. Do you anticipate, Chris, uh, that policy change that's in the works the presidential change that's happening what does that do for the agriculture side of things because we talk about not just Brazil but we do talk about Argentina's production yes what does that do for a farmer in in Nebraska trying to make decisions about buying or selling
0: well Argentina's biggest you know issue has been they've been in a drought for the past year and a half so they've had problems there anyhow Brazil's been okay but that's been the 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 and now it's sort of flipping. That's Now you've seen the, the drought starting to move you know, further towards Brazil. So if that be, be, continues to be an issue, I would say that um, it's something to watch. But I don't think it's that big of a deal because, again, they've been dealing with 110, 120 percent inflation anyhow. Um, I think it's more of a political uh, uh, issue down there because a lot of the landowners are – are more influential, let's say, than,
1: than uh, your average person they are here. Do you get on the phone much about Argentina politics?
2: Not a lot, but it's certainly, it's been in the news lately. Yeah. And currency is is a huge issue right now. I mean, we've got El Salvador, which uh, uh, sanctioned, <clears> or <throat> uh, adopted the uh, Bitcoin as their fiat currency. We've got BRICS, uh, w- which met in South Africa in August, August 23rd, talking about, Displacing the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency—in other words, the opposite—Brazil, <clears throat> Russia, India, China, and South Africa (BRICS). B-R-I-C-S. That's very important. What—and we're in the U.S. We're, we're looking at maybe we need a gold-backed currency, not this fiat currency, which is backed by just the good faith of the U.S. Treasury. And of course, as Chris is saying, we're, we don't. Argentina, look at what we're, what's happening in the U.S. We're talking about this year. Depends on the budget that that's, that goes through Congress and is signed by the president. We're talking about government spending on a deficit, a deficit of maybe two trillion dollars, a budget of six to seven. I don't know where it'll come in there, but that's that's really pushing, putting, undermining the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar, and there are a lot of folks that want to say, well, we need to look at some of the digital currencies. Are or we need to go back currency. So there's a lot of movement going on in the currency market. That's huge. There's also movement in trying to buy some things. Another question
1: that we have here is from Tim off Facebook. Do you see the farmers paying down debt or investing in the farm, machinery, infrastructure, etc.? And I'm going to put in etc. and and write the word land. I think if
0: uh, my experience after... Being in this business as long as they have anytime a farmer can buy land they'll they'd rather buy land um, not so much with machinery although that's an issue as well but i think that uh if if you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s you've seen what happened to people that said no to buying land 15 20 years ago here it is today and they're like they look ahead and say if you get a chance to buy it buy it so um i, I think that that's the number one thing and and all of these sales we were talking about earlier not all of them i shouldn't say that but a large percentage of them, they're cash sales. Yep. So it's not like they're borrowing the money to do it. Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: You were saying in the, our main discussion, talking about a lot of these same factors. Yep. Are you lining up with
2: what Chris is saying? Absolutely. That is, we're talking about, we asked the bankers, our bankers in 10 states, rural areas, <coughs> project out farmland prices over the next uh, six months to a year. They said Flat. And it hasn't been flat and then they come back the next month and they tell us what's actually going on and it's pretty good growth And it, as you're saying Chris there they, the investments there you look out and you saw what well it happened it's going to continue but we're seeing in say uh, Iowa the uh, northern Iowa prices between 23 and 30 thousand dollars an acre you know and that's that's un, uh, historically that's very high you know. and who's buying the land well, it's bought what, by a lot of folks. Think it's Chinese. It's not. They may be buying some. I don't know. But it's mostly farmers next door.
1: And it's with cash. Absolutely. We're not even talking. We're not even talking banks. So, how do you get a sense then with these bankers that you discuss of? Well, they're not even in the. They're not even in this deal.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: So how do you get an accurate
2: sense of then what's happening? Well, I don't want to say they're inaccurate. I, I don't want to get, they know far more than. I didn't than, say
1: inaccurate. I just said get an accurate. Sorry. Maybe I didn't quite I do, parse up. I enough.
2: don't want to undermine my own survey, but you're right. I don't, I don't survey the farmers and they don't survey the farmers, but they actually deal with the farmers and the, I think they get a pretty good handle on it, but We've all, everyone's underestimated the price growth of farmland. I don't know anyone, I mean, my goodness, in my, I would have bought some farmland f- th- three or four years ago. I should have bought farmland instead of that stock I bought, you know. He must not have been listening when I said the time machine was broken. <laughs> That's
0: right. Right? I see it's back there.
1: They're working on They're it. They're working on it. They're working on it. All right, Chris, I have a question about cattle on feed. Uh, last week, uh, let's see, this is from AJ, wants to know, the cattle on feed was neutral to slightly positive last week. Will it incentivize the funds to start building a long position in both feeders and live cattle? Well, part of the
0: problem, part of the big sell-off that we've had in the, uh, certainly live cattle, they were long a chunk. They're still long about 40,000 as of right now, but they were long close to 60 or 70, so they they already cut a lot of that. But you gotta remember, they made a ton of money. They were long for three years, basically, so they, they hit the cover off the ball with that. Um, And at the end of the day, I think there's also, if the stock market, you know, we were talking about the submarket earlier, there's a correlation between cattle and the stock market. The stock market rallied the other day, and that was another reason we saw a little bump in the cattle. Sometimes if these guys can't buy enough S&P futures, they buy live cattle futures. It's just something that happens. Um, So I think there's a correlation there. But yeah, I think that uh, at the end of the day, these guys are looking for uh, uh, another asset to hold. And uh, you know, if they have a reason to buy the cattle, they will. The problem is, if we keep going lower, we are at historically high prices. And then you start getting into the technicals and are, these, are they? Where is the trend this, is that gonna change? Nobody can really know, nobody called this top, and I can tell you nobody's gonna call the bottom either. That's why we hedge, You know, that's really why it is. And anybody that tells you that they know where it's going, I would take it with a grain of salt. Just hedge, if you're lawn the cattle, great. Um, Ten years ago we were excited about protecting 80-cent cattle. Now I've got guys saying well, I'm not so sure I want to protect 140 or 170. It's, so it's all relative. Everybody's got to make that decision. But yeah, I think the, the, if the funds see an opportunity to be long, they will get long.
1: What do you want to jump up on and say for the last uh, six months of 2023 to make sure producers here at home? This is your chance to get on the chair and, and yell again to those in the back. If you learned anything from this year, it's when the
0: price hits a good level, you've got to do something. Thinking about it or hesitating about it, you you can't do it. We were north of $6 for for quite a few days for corn. You had a chance. I remember going back to 2016, 17. We'd get to 4.30 for two days, and then it was gone. We were in that 50-cent trading range. So I think that's the takeaway. When the market gives you a good price, nobody sells the top. But make sure that you're catching the meat of that move and plan ahead for next year next year you know that right now you don't want to be you shouldn't have a cash sale or a hedge under five dollar corn for next year for soybeans new crop soybeans are are 13 dollars right there a really good level you know you should pick a line and say okay i'm not going to have anything lower than 12.50 and then boy if we get a summer rally, if we get an issue in brazil yeah, that'll be great. We'll go with it. But protect, protect, protect. I think that's what 2023 taught everybody. And it was a and in, in a lot of cases it was a hard lesson.
1: Dr. Goss. Yes. Final six weeks of this year hmm. or seven or f- uh, five. I mean, I can't count. What do you see will be the biggest story that we need to follow economically?
2: I think in terms we're going to be looking at interest rates and getting used to higher interest rates. The idea that the idea that we're going to the, uh, somehow we're just going to start interest rates are going to move lower. That's what investors in, are counting on. And I think we, as we talked about in the last session, we are going to see lower interest rates probably middle of next year. But we're going to get used to these normal interest rates. What we got used to, and as Chris said earlier. What we got used to as normal was not normal. 2008 to 2022, 2021, that was not normal. We were talking about zero interest rates, zero on the funds rate I'm speaking of. We're talking about people were saying, where do I put my cash? Where do I put my cash? Now you can put your cash in uh, bonds, in U.S. treasure bonds I'm speaking of. You can put, and but, uh, but the idea of this free money is over, free okay. credit. Here's one more idea. Favorite Thanksgiving
1: side? The cranberries, but the cheap ones. Okay. And your favorite Thanksgiving side? Deviled eggs. Oh, that is <laughs> both good. Chris Robinson, Erie Goss, thank you so very much. Appreciate your
2: time. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Paul. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Yep. All thank
1: right, you. thank you. Next week we are going to look at how U.S. poultry producers are working to handle recent HPAI outbreaks. We'll also have the commodity market analysis with Arlen Suderman. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Have a great week.